welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And where's Sammy? Sam has abandoned us. Sam has <laughs> went, he said, guys, I've had enough of your drama. I'm taking a week off. So uh, Sam's going on vacation. Sam is is out enjoying uh, some time, some family, and uh, just, uh, you know, hopefully having a great time. We truly miss Sammy. I know we're going to be short on a lot of DC news. I know we're going to be short on a lot of uh, Star Trek news. So uh, for well, you guys who... Uh, we'll miss some of that. Maybe you know, not some of the others. I was going to say, so for some of you guys who are into that, uh, you know, you can, you can stick it. And uh, for everybody else, then enjoy the episode. Uh, also, we, uh, we ruined our stick on that, man. Yeah. Also, we're, we're going to miss Sam's insight. Sam has some great insight into things, and I really love the view and knowledge he brings. So as much as we give him a hard time, he is really a, a great asset and and, uh, and and boon to the show in that. But yeah, we got to give him some uh, some DC grief. Well, see, well, see, we're actually friends, and so we're we're not just co-hosts. And so you you know you give each you give each your friends some you know some uh, some headaches, some garbage. You throw some stuff their way. It's, this is what friends do. If if we're mean to you, it means we like you. Yeah. When we start being nice to you, then we <laughs> red lights go on, huh? Red lights go on. So yeah, anyway, uh, we do have a a comic lead off uh, in our news here, Jamie, uh, for this um, kind of middle July episode. Uh, the Walking Dead, the comic book, is coming to a close. Now, I know the TV series has, you know, been through its ups and downs, and it seems to be kind of a massive thing, um, even now. And with the comic coming to a close, much like the the Game of Thrones uh, books kind of remaining where they are in the series, taking a leap, how far off base uh, have you followed the series? How far off base are they from the comics? Well, that's what I was going to um, to to sort of ask you about it. Cause I've, I've read every single issue of the, mm-hmm. uh, the comic book run. Um, it's one of my favorites and, um, they've actually pulled a fast one on us uh-huh. because they had released. Um, I don't, I mean, I know you don't read uh, comic books and, um, not all of our listeners do, but they have these, um, solicits that come out for like what's coming out in months down the road. They had put fake solicits out. Oh, and nice. so, so it was. So when it came out as the finale, I was shocked. I mean, I, I was like, I thought it was a. I thought that was the fake part. I didn't believe it. And so when I picked it up and read it, I mean, it really it, end, it ended. And then there was this like I think like a five or six page article at the end where it, why, where he explained why he had did it that way. This was the ending they had always planned. He says that, he said, but you know, surprise was always what we were doing. Like surprise deaths were part of what you know the big thing about The Walking Dead was. We wanted uh-huh. to be the we wanted the death of the series to be a surprise. And and so what I've been wondering though is like you talk, you, you ask about like how how closely has the show followed the comics and yes. in uh, the, like the big events they have followed it very closely and mm. um, like the major events have all been um, in some way on the show like I haven't watched the show since like season three or four um, but I kind of keep up with it and yeah. uh, my my brothers both watch it and they kind of they kind of you know clue me into what's going on. Um, a lot of the smaller things are different. Like different characters are dead. Different ones are alive. Um, so some of the character stuff is very different, but the main events have happened. And so uh, I was, I'm just kind of wondering, 
they've got like already got they already have one spinoff that's that's not based on anything in the comic books. They've got um, two more spinoffs planned. So there's going to be four Walking Dead TV shows going forward with no more original content for them to be based on. Mm. And I know that when uh, when Game of Thrones got ahead of the novels, that's when everybody said it took a nosedive. Like once they didn't have original content to um, to sort of base this, their their TV show on, that it fell apart. And I'm wondering. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm wondering if if what what do you think about that? Do you do you think do you expect that to to be a problem for The Walking Dead too? Now I I would hope that creativity wise, you're going to have writers who have the heart of these characters and the voice of these characters enough to continue a compelling story and that they're not using the, I mean, of course you want to use the comic book to keep, you know, like you said, the major events consistent. And I think that's a great thing because so many series, uh, even movies that are direct based on a novel or comics or whatever, you know, they'll just kind of go way off in left field here with some of these characters. Um, but I really hope and, and again, you know my stance on zombies, so I haven't watched it. Probably <laughs> not going to watch it. So um, yeah. I really hope that they're able to continue a quality series. But, of course, we're running up to what? I mean, we're coming close to eight seasons now. I'm not sure. It's They're pretty far down the road. I, I know they're pretty far up there. So, I mean, how much more, um, you know, original content can they really keep fresh with these characters in a you know this isn't a well i guess it is a soap opera with zombies you know essentially yeah Uh, but you know how how fresh can they keep this coming i guess so to speak now and now my understanding and i've seen very little of game of thrones simply because you see a whole lot of some characters really early on (laughs) and uh, there was just some situations i just had to kind of put a pause to that um but you know, I was under the impression they kind of turned kind of midway or toward the end of season two from the content in the books. And basically, you just had characters by name only. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I haven't and, read the books or watched the show. And I have heard it as it goes that it has, you know, kind of went way downhill. But I think that's just um, HBO just trying to be more inventive than they truly are. Well, and I, and I I get too like for um like a lot of TV stuff like once like actors begin really inhabiting their roles like yeah. stuff happens like people take off or like they have a different take on the you know and so it's, I mean when you when you adapt things you really have to adapt them yeah um so I, mean, I expect stuff to be different but I'm just like there's just I'm just wondering like there's no well, more content yeah you know, it, it's hopefully the sky would be the limit you know and, uh, yeah. and we may get to see some really inventive creative things um not that comics are not inventive and creative as we you know always talk about you know comics being such a great thing um but i really hope that they're able to continue a compelling story with with compelling characters and keep their voices alive speaking of compelling characters <laughs> Well, we all know Jamie's man crush. <laughs> um, if you've been following especially our uh, sister podcast, uh, Graphically Novel, um, Idris Elba is, is making an appearance in a movie coming up. Um, and, and I really had kind of put this movie on the back burner just from what it is and from what it was. Now, the Fast and the Furious franchise started off 
as fast cars and hot chicks. And it's kind of morphed into a science fiction series as to what we expect, uh, you know, these vehicles and people can do. It's, it's kind of gotten <laughs> kind of crazy. You just kind of have to, to leave your, uh, your credibility at the door. I think some of these cars have a flux capacitor, anti-grav stuff, whatever in them. Now, if you've seen any of the later movies and I've, and my experience with them is very limited, but I know a, a couple of, popular characters uh, from the series Hobbs and Shaw um, who uh, let me see I had it pulled up a couple of great actors there a couple of great actors uh, Jason Statham correct yeah and The Rock and The Rock Dwayne Johnson uh, half of my namesake there so he's got to be great Um, but yeah he uh, you know Hobbs and Shaw uh, they're spinning off into their own movie and the villain or antagonist, I'm not sure. I don't know the storyline at all. I feel like I'm, I kind of remember the first Fast and the Furious pretty well. I think I've seen one or two of the other ones. I'm not yeah, sure. You know, so I, like I have no idea guys, who these people are. Yeah, it seems like they've gotten kind of um, either U.S. Marshal, special agents, you know, paramilitary forces involved here. I think <laughs> that's where um, – I think that's where uh, Dwayne Johnson falls in with the military side of it. Uh, Jason Statham, I mean, he's just a cool guy. You put him in something, I'm going to watch him. I don't care what he's doing. He's the transporter to me, you know? Yeah, I was, I was going to bring up the transporter. That, yeah, that's, he's, when he's, I, that's when it got on my radar. Yeah, he's the transporter to me. Uh, but but it, now, one of our famous uh, likes here, Idris Elba, is uh, playing a character named Brixton. Um, as you, and we hear in one of the uh, trailers, they refer to him as black superman and he is apparently i don't know if it's a suit that he's wearing if he's morphed his body in some type of a way um, i looked up some quotes and he's talking about how he is the next step in human evolution how uh, he's bulletproof and he's the shot that the system needs yeah so I he saw a, a very intriguing character yeah i saw a trailer like right before we started recording um uh, I don't know why Idris Elba shows up on my on my Facebook uh, timeline all the time. Um, I would never know. <laughs> him and Keanu are all over my Facebook page. But, uh, <laughs> um, yep. but uh, that, it was a new trailer. I, I don't think I'd seen that one before. And mm-hmm. there, there's this clip of like them shooting things into his body. It looked like some kind of like weird colored electricity. So it looks like they're supercharging him somehow. It, like I said, I haven't seen very many of these movies. It still looks kind of interesting. So yeah, it looks like it's a ton of fun. Yeah. The trailer uh, looks a ton of fun and, and really it's bringing it up more on my radar than, than I'm maybe even be comfortable with here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, the, the fast and furious, you're always going to get a spectacle. You're always going to get a show. And you know, that brings us to speaking of the fast and furious. I'm, I'm feeling better about this one this time. You feel a little better about this one. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is the time in the show. When we like to make a little prediction, just like one of our favorite witches. Dad, what time is it? It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. It's time to make a prediction. Baby, don't you whine. It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. And it's Trelawney time, Jake. 
It is. And I have um, struggled in the past. Um, it's been pretty ugly at times. The, I, I don't, don't know that I've quite recovered my credibility after the Godzilla prediction. Well, I'll tell you now, you have uh, you've come up the last two times, well, the last time specifically. And uh, the last time we spoke with some Trelawney time uh, was uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you, I was really surprised about this. Um, as uh, our predictions ran down, we had a couple guests in the studio. Now, uh, Jim Pajarillo with Wheelcon predicted uh, Spider-Man Far From Home at an 82%. He was uh, afraid of some of the fanboy backlash since we'd had the finale with uh, Endgame. Heather, uh, the re- our representative from HerdCon, is still in love with our Tom Holland as <laughs> Spider-Man and uh, predicted a 94%. Now, Jamie, just below her at a 92%. Sam, just below Jamie at an 88%. And Dwayne, myself, predicted it doing an 86%. I was a little bit more optimistic than Jim, not a lot. Um, Jamie, you and Sam were on either side of this thing directly. Two points either way. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, as of today, is a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, the last time I checked, I was right on the nose. Were you right on the nose last time you checked? Now, it's 90% as of today. I checked just before we recorded. Yeah, a couple couple days ago, it was 92 exactly. I was going to grow. Oh, so you were so – oh, you were coming (laughs) in with the big head, huh? You're coming in going to throw down. Um, so, yeah, you, you had two above. Sam had two below with 88. So 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, we've already – yeah, that's – I mean, that's great. And, you know, you're starting to get those grenades a little closer to home. Yeah, we've been able to downgrade you from nuclear warheads <laughs> to ballistic missiles. Now we're in hand grenades and horseshoes territory, Jamie. <laughs> Oh, but uh, that's not here. what we're here to uh, predict. We're here to predict this week Hobbs and Shaw and being released August 2nd, uh, which should be uh, just before our next news episode comes out, if our math serves right, which in the past it hasn't. Um, so I don't know why we're putting any faith in that. <laughs> now, I know uh, Jim revealed on our Empire episode that uh, he's a huge fan of this series. And so we could probably just, in abstentia, um, pencil Jimmy in for 99%, right? Well, I would say Jim's going to be realistic <laughs> uh, about the uh, about the situation that these movies are in. And maybe a 75 or <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, Jim uh, did speak about his uh, love for this series. As I think it's one of his top fandoms is, is what he was speaking about. So, I, I'm, 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 As I've been pondering this, I'm really torn because I know that this um, series, by and large, this whole like franchise, that has not been you know, the best received critically. But it has this incredibly devoted fan base. And so I'm kind of figuring, okay uh, – how do I how do I sort this out between um, the fan reaction versus the critic reaction? And, and this is a spinoff. I mean, it's not even the main the main cast. It's not even the main mm-hmm. crew. So I've been really torn. And so I I think I'm going to give the fans some credit, and um, it's going to get the Idris Elba bump. And I think I'm going to go 82 percent. 82. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you're going to go 82%. Now, Sam had sent us his prediction earlier, 
Oh, I, I didn't see that. Yeah, he he's predicting this thing at seventy. Oh, maybe yeah. not. He's he's predicting this at <laughs> seventy. Well, then that's that's the thing like you're talking about. You know, you you love some things, and sometimes it makes it even better for you. Sometimes sometimes you 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 dread some things, and that makes it you know kind of less appealing to you. Um. Well, I, then you got to be realistic. What's the critics? What's your what are your audiences yeah. going to say? And how many Fast and Furious fans are going to get on Rotten Tomatoes and actually grade this thing? You know, um, so yeah, it's just I, depends I on how vocal, how vocal your fan base is as well. Now, of course, this being a spinoff, though, you have two extremely strong characters returning in Dwayne Johnson, who is a beloved actor for a lot of folks. Great action star. Jason Statham. One, one of the last few true movie stars we've got. Yeah, one of the last few. Uh, Jason Statham, who is just a total B.A. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he, just is, you know, he would just punch you in the nose for nothing and and just you know take your girlfriend. And, and, go I, I, and I love that both of these guys, we've got you know bald movie stars. Bald uh, movie stars. And I love it. They're sexy men. <laughs> they are sexy men. You know, I'm well, well I've got the bald in common with them. So, well, uh, you know, hey, hey, <laughs> they can represent. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm not as bald, but hey, I'm sexy. Well, I haven't I haven't heard your score yet. I'm gonna leave that alone. I haven't well, heard your score yet. <laughs> well, now that's what I was getting to. Uh, you know, we have two great returning actors with with Statham and, and Johnson. We also have a great actor coming into this series with Idris Elba, who always, in my opinion, brings some class and talent. To what he does, and he's turning out to be a great action star. I've not seen him in the past in a lot of action stuff. He seems to be kind of more, you know, dramatic. But you know, we also have with the Fast and Furious series, we have, you know, since Vin Diesel has downgraded his vocabulary to "I am Groot," he's not been <laughs> able to return. And of course, with the heartbreaking, you know, death of of Paul Walker, you know, affecting the series there, um, you know. This spinoff, I think, is the right thing for the series. And my grade, I know I've him hot around this a lot. You I'm really gonna, have. I'm gonna give this. A, I'm gonna give this a, a 64. Oh, okay. I'm gonna give this a 64 percent. Not saying that it's gonna be a bad movie, but I know there's gonna be a lot of critics just saying, "Oh, well, this is a paint by numbers." Yeah. I think this is I just gonna be a just gonna be a knockoff of a cheesy genre. You know. <laughs> So I think I think it's going to be battling a lot of that, no matter how fun the movie is. And you know, it's not going to have the strongest plot lines. You know, maybe well, some of those semi trucks are driving off the bridges could drive through the plot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think you go to this franchise for the strength of the plot, though. Exactly. You know, you, you go to see cars flying and blowing up. You know, that's that's what you're doing with these movies. See, my, so, my, I think my my theory is with Strolling Time, like forever, is that. I'm just such a weirdo that I can't even understand what the critics are thinking. <laughs> I mean, why don't we, they like this? Like I like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, like, I mean, I, I revealed early on that big trouble, in little China was my favorite movie of all time. It's great. And it's great. Yeah. And you know, as nerds, we like the weird stuff. Yeah. And we can't see why no one else likes this weird stuff because it's so unique and so cool. But, and, well, and I'm looking at our, our thing here, and our next one is a pretty unique and cool one that I hadn't even heard of that you wanted to bring up. So it's your turn to yeah, bring the weird I've, one. 
I'm really excited about this, and I've not gotten to look into it with this being kind of a crazy, you know, vacation week. Um, I drive summer's for a medical, nuts anyway. When you when you've got kids nuts. our age, yeah. I drive for a medical company, and we're staging an incursion into a neighboring county, which is kind of massive. So I've been trying to figure out all these different routes and routes through. Um, so time has been really tough. But well, and you've got younger. You've got younger kids than I do, and so that's that's I mean bedtimes are what they are, and it's just tough. Right. But speaking of time, this is a German time travel sci-fi show <laughs> coming up on Netflix. Okay, so here German, I'm a fan. Time travel, I'm a fan. Sci-fi, I'm a fan. Netflix haven't let me down yet. The name of the show is Dark. This is being toted as a Stranger Thing killer or possibly stranger things for adults i'm seeing a couple of different uh, takes on that but they said it's really a kind of a period situation um with these close group of friends who get into some time travel situation in a small german town sounds really unique and interesting jamie uh, just just of your thoughts of what you've heard there what's what's coming to mind anything in particular that would make you want to watch that well, I just uh, pulled it up on <laughs> Netflix while you were talking. Okay. And the just the the uh, the images on the episode icons, um, I, I I can see that I can see the comparisons to Stranger Things. Um, and it it does look creepy. I mean, just just what little bit you can see from like the little uh, the 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 show mm-hmm. picture and then the episode icons. Yeah, it looks creepy. It looks interesting. Yeah. If I could if I can ever get caught up on the Stuff I am watching all. Yeah, it, yeah, it'll be on my list. Yeah, we've got to work through our list. We've got to work at first. Uh, yeah, it, and you know, being German, you know it's going to be that dark, gray, moody kind of thing. And uh, I really yeah. like that, though. I, I like things that have kind of a slower, moody pace. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and you can really get into some great storytelling there. Yeah. And, and speaking of some great storytelling, I know we've had some ups and downs with this character in the past, namely from the author who created him. <laughs> but um, you know the character's been great, but the uh, the creator has been kind of a hot mess, in my opinion, anyway. But uh, Harry Potter seems to be uh, stirring the cauldron there a little bit. Yeah, I thought it was a gag. I saw a thing on my Facebook page that um, that showed like Harry Potter 2020 with a question mark on it. And I'm like, what is that? I thought it was like a fan thing. And I looked at it like, wait, that's really Daniel Radcliffe. I looked even closer. I'm like, he's got a lightning bolt on his head. Is this real? <laughs> and so I looked into it, and it turns out they did that uh, that stage play, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, that was done several years ago. They're looking to adapt that for the screen. Um, they're not very far along, although they want it to be out apparently the summer of next year. <laughs> so <laughs> that seems like a pretty quick turnaround, but they're looking for a screenwriter and a director now. Well, well, you throw enough money at anything and it's going to get done, you know, uh, depending on who you have to wake up, keep up and get in the overtime booth. But now, they, they, released the, uh, they released the they released the 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 script from the, the, the I'm not sure what it's called for the stage. The It's not a screenplay for the script. I forget what it is, but the, right. the script. But um, it was almost like a novel that they yeah. released in a book form. Yeah. Did, did you read it? I did not. I, I did. It's weird. Um, there's parts of it that I really liked and felt like a similar storyline, but you could kind of tell that J.K. Rowling didn't actually write it. Like I, th- I think she had like two like stage people that worked on the stage who helped her write it, and it 
at times felt like the same storytelling and at times it didn't. So, but I, I know that she works really closely in all the movies. And so if they can pull her in and help and like let her sort of JK rowling it up, I think there's a chance it could be good, but I just wish they'd left it alone. Yeah. My Harry Potter rating ended with the deathly hallows. Um, and you know, it was, was great rating. Um, my Harry Potter viewing has also ended with the deathly hallows. I haven't seen the, uh, any of the Fantastic Beasts movies, although I've heard mixed, very mixed things about those. And it, it really is kind of telling when you have different people writing these things. Um, yeah. You know, and especially J.K. Rowling, you know, and as much grief as I give her about, you know, all the craziness that she spouts out all the time, you know, she does have these characters in her heart. You know, I feel like she does have the heart of, of, you know, Harry and Hermione and, and Ron, you know, no matter how crazy she is. And, and it really is something that as we've known to these characters over, you know, eight movies, yeah, we, we saw them grow up literally, you know, we, literally, you know, from, from what, <laughs> yeah. 10, 11 years old yeah. to, you know, young adults. Um, and even, you know, beyond as they're physically, they grew. Uh, well, you know, some of them sort of others. Well, some more than others. But, uh, <laughs> Ron, know, Ron grew a lot. Harry, not so much. <laughs> the, um, I, I'm really excited about this because uh, I, I love, I love the, the characters, and especially if they can bring back you know, the actors. Yeah. You know, Emma Watson, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, it sounds like they're all willing to Brent. come back. You know, if, if that and that would be phenomenal, I would I would I would definitely buy that ticket in a heartbeat. Well, I, I'm definitely going to see it. And I'm, I'm torn, though. I'm, I'm not as all in as you are. It sounds like um, I, I love this world and I've you know fallen in love with these characters. But I felt like the way the last one ended was such a fitting and satisfying end. I kind of, kind of like going back to Toy Story 3 yeah. when, we t- when we talked about Toy Story 4. Like, you know, I'm excited, going to watch it. Not sure it's really the best idea to, to move, you know, tell more story after such a good ending. Yeah, it was a perfect ending. Yeah, the, the Deathly Hallows wrapped up very nicely. So I was able to, ready to move on. You know, speaking of moving on, we're having some news on, some, on, on a progression of something we haven't even seen yet. Now, Dwayne, I have a question for you, though, before we even say this. Before we even really announce it, I know the rules that Disney has for Star Wars stuff. You're not supposed. We we told stories about uh, the guy that played Baze, you know, revealing stuff he wasn't allowed to. Um, was John Favreau even allowed to say this, or is he, in, he or is he in Disney jail now? He probably got a shock from the implant, <laughs> uh, the Disney implant there that, that, that zaps them whenever they, uh, you know, deliver some spoilers or something that they are not supposed to say. Um, I think it's, uh, we joked about it with episode one, you know, Anakin says, you know, if you try to escape, they blow you up, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so I think Disney puts the explosive in the head and they may get a couple shocks before they actually blow them up. But, uh, John Favreau is, uh, reportedly self reportedly, I might add, writing yeah. season two of the Mandalorian, um, you know, this is going to be released with Disney's streaming service later this year. I understand production, prep, filming, post-production, all that stuff takes time. We haven't even seen the first episode of season one. 
we haven't even truly seen a commercial for this thing. We've just seen the sizzle reel, uh, you know, what was from Celebration. Uh, but, it man, I'm great. excited about this because it does look great. And, I mean, who better to tell these stories than John Favreau? He is a, a masterful storyteller. And he seems to be um, digging into that Disney checkbook. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Between <laughs> Iron Man, the Jungle Book, which made you know money hand over fist, and oh, now wow. the Mandalorian. I mean, well, now he was also involved in in this new Lion King, wasn't he? Uh, was he? I think Ma- so. Maybe. Yeah, I, I'm. I was trying uh, to be nice. I'm not as big a fan as the of the Lion King as a lot of people are, and so Shut and I'm deaf. Huh? Shut your face. <laughs> and I'm definitely not a fan of all of these live action remakes they're doing of everything. John Favreau director. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I guess he's their favorite son right now. Um, and you know, Donald Glover, Lando Calrissian himself. We, well, yeah, I, I am, I am a Donald Glover fan. Uh, I'm, mm, still, I'm still, I still don't want to reward Disney for remaking movies. James Earl Jones, Darth Vader making a return as Mufasa. I, I knew that one, but, um, um but I, I, I four. Um, the, uh, the operative, the, the operative from an upcoming episode uh, yeah. we have in the can. Baron Mordo. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I, th- I think that um, it's such a projection of confidence, right? That Favros are like, yeah, yeah, I'm writing season two already. Yeah. So it's just, it just like, it's one of those things. Like, look, man, I've, I've seen the footage from what we did for the Mandalorian season one. It's so good. You guys are gonna love it. I've already started writing. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I'm, and I'm I'm glad for that because you know even with the with the debacle uh, that that the solo release and production turned out to be, you know, completely opposite of what the movie is. The movie is entirely enjoyable. But, I love it. You know, and they kind of started distancing themselves and like, well, we're not going to promote this. We're not going to do this. Uh, you know, with all the troubles that Solo had, but here you have Favreau saying, okay. One's in the can. Here comes number two. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. That's that's going to be a, a great thing to. You know to, what I'm kind of hoping? I'm hoping that Favreau is secretly like really in love with Solo, and it's like okay, after I wrap up my my Mandalorian storyline, I'm bringing Solo to the Disney Plus channel, and we'll, we'll finally get the rest of that story. Well, you know that had been rumored uh, because uh, Solo up. It had even been rumored to be a trilogy. Yeah, I'd heard the same thing. Him and Lando. But, you know, how much more fun. We're getting Cassian and K2. Hello. Yeah. Han and Lando. Adventures. Well, they want to do, like... um this is this is my understanding from the original when they announced the first announcements. They want to do one episode of Star Wars every week for the rest of time. So how so how about here's the first year? We got Mando season one, followed up by Cassian and K two, mm-hmm. followed up by Solo two, and then we get Kenobi. Thirteen episodes of each. That'd be a brilliant first year, wouldn't it? I mean, that would, I'm gonna I'd have be, to upgrade my recliner. <laughs> Come on, that would work, wouldn't it? Yeah. Think of think all the Disney Plus entirely. subscribers you get. Oh yeah, entirely. I mean, I'm already ready to subscribe to this thing just for the Star Wars and uh, Marvel content. Yeah. You know, and uh, not to mention all of your legacy Disney stuff that's going to be popping up on there. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Disney, uh, uh, 
makes Favreau better make some room in the checkbook for me too, I guess, to <laughs> get in there because uh, he's taking the money. I'm shoveling it in uh, with that. But uh, I'm truly excited about that. I cannot wait to see the direction that the Mando takes. And reportedly uh, after um, kind of uh, – was it after what episode was that? Oh, you after episode me. six or episode seven, I think. I think it's supposed to be like what, like a decade or two after episode six, but yeah, well before right in the middle. Yeah, kind of right after six. Just I don't remember seven. the exact number. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. So that's yeah. going to be a neat timetable to play in. What's well, wide open? Yeah, yeah. Because they did the um, uh, Chuck Wendig wrote that aftermath series. Um, which was sort of giving us the information we needed to make sense of some of the weird stuff in episode seven. Um, like, cause we didn't really know where the first order came from. I mean, there's a, there's a few, like, why is there a resistance and the Republic? So there's a few little things that weren't explained in the movie that the aftermath, um, you know, helped us understand what you shouldn't have to do in books. They should have. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. That's one of the few flaws that force awakens has. Um, but yeah, but other than the that little bit of setup before episode seven, that's a wide open time frame. They could do a lot of stuff with Disney Plus in that in that time. And how much fun would it be to have a slot cross up with Han and Leia or Luke at some point? <laughs> you know, just just you know, they they come across past during during an adventure, uh, just briefly. Not don't have to be a major character, but just just a pop up now and again as as a big season. Hit. Yeah, we we could throw some wrinkles on Alden Ehrenreich and get him in there. Yeah. Age him up just a little bit. I mean, they can de-age Han Solo. They can age him up a little bit. Yeah, this could work. This could work. They need to get us on retainer. (laughs) Our number is (laughs) 555-CASH. Well, we wanted to do one last thing before we close. And so, Dwayne, take it away. Yes, by all means. Um, coming up, uh, I hope you guys have uh, had a chance to listen to our Empire Strikes Back review where we had uh, Jim and Heather uh, co-hosting on there. And also the special news episode where we had them coming on to promote WillCon and HerdCon. Most notably, the WillCon coming up September 28, 2019 in Will, South Williamson, Kentucky, at the Southside Mall. Check it out on Facebook, Wilcon, W-I-L-L-C-O-N, kind of like Will Wheaton without the Wheaton, with the con, <laughs> uh, Wilcon. That was helpful, Dwayne. You have there, uh, so yeah, W-I-L-L-C-O-N, Wilcon, South Williamson, West Virginia, or South Williamson, Kentucky, at the Southside Mall. Please, guys, this uh, event has grown each year and uh, we're hoping to have even more this year and uh, some interesting and I, things dropping even for the nerds yeah i was going to say you not details aren't all in the uh, we don't have all our ducks in a row yet but we may we're, have something special for you we don't have our ducks in a row we're trying to get them in the frying pan <laughs> and uh, we're, we're lining them up and we're getting out the rifle so hopefully we'll have some things shot down for you uh, here very near the future <laughs> We tortured that metaphor, didn't we? <laughs> Four ducks. Well, I think hey, we're Jamie. getting loopy. We better sign off. Want to buy a duck? Uh, how about we just keep it nerdy? Keep it nerdy. Keep it nerdy.